This is an Aviation Special. My name is Tim Albright. Uh, what we're doing is we are continuing uh, our coverage of the International Women's Day uh, because there are just too many incredible women in the AV industry to fit into the month of March. So with me today is Christy Mitchell from Surgex. Welcome, ma'am. Hi, Tim. Good to see you. How are you? I am well. I am well. So you you had uh, an, an interesting um, trail through the industry, and I, and I, I think everybody does. Um, so what we're starting with here is, is how did you get into AV or at least maybe how did you get to the point where you're at, uh, in the AV industry? So, I mean, how does one get into AV, right? You know, a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy. I mean, sometimes, you know, a girl, um, very often that's not the case, but you know, know a few guys. Uh, so my story is that, uh, I started out in my career in advertising in Kentucky and I had, I had pretty much networked myself all the way around town, got to know everybody, and then an opportunity came up for me to go to work for the first time, uh, an integrator. It's the first time I'd ever heard that word. And to be honest, when I heard it, I said, integrator, what do you, what do, you do? And I still, you know, when people ask me that aren't in the industry, what an integrator does, it's, uh, it's hard for me to describe, right? Because... We're just people that like to make simple things very complicated, right? <laughs> so I, uh, <laughs> I went to work. Uh, they were looking for somebody to head up the security wing of their residential integration company. Because if you can remember back around, you know, seven, eight years ago after the housing crisis, a lot of those jobs, those big, um, those big custom jobs that residential integrators were doing, were you know were losing steam, and they were looking for ways to supplement the in, the income, uh, the revenue into their business. So they're going to be doing the AV in the home. Why not offer security, right? So I sold ads. Remember, I didn't have much of a clue of what I was doing. So first step, go out to the the boots on the ground, the technicians, and they were. Uh, they weren't too excited about teaching me things because I was the bubbly girl who wore flip-flops to the job site. You know, learned not to do that. Learned to put a hard hat on. Uh, but I got up in the crawl spaces with these guys and, you know, after a while, because I had proven that I was really actually willing to learn, they taught me. You know, so I, I remember the first time that I learned about contact closures. And, you know, when I wasn't doing that, I was back in the office and, um, Thankfully, I was given a little bit of rope, uh, a little bit of freedom, and they asked me to meet with vendors and uh, other dealers that were uh, within their within their dealer network. And I started researching all of the smart technology. So instead of it just being about security, you know, about sensors, contact closures, alarms that uh, go, you know, when you hear something go bump in the night, um, there was all of this smart technology that started to emerge in a middle market capacity. So, and now I know this, I know this now, right? Residential integrators are out there within those $10 million homes, um, putting together things that, you know, making things complicated. So for their clients, it can be very simple, right? Yeah. Um, but for the first time, I was seeing technology that wasn't just available to talk to your clientele, and it was available to people like me. And it wasn't, when I say people like me, I'm not just saying, um, you know, people with middle income. I'm saying uh, professional women. I was looking at PowerPoints for the first time that were saying, 
these are the people that are in our demographic, right? A professional woman who prefers security, she probably has a pet that she wants to watch on a camera, which I do. He's, you know, asleep right now, thankfully. He's behaving himself. Um, but it was, it was that it was driven, technology that was driven and focused towards me. Um, and that was so incredibly special. And not only that, it wasn't just about security. It was about the luxury. It was about letting technology work for you and not the other way around. Because traditionally, we can see a path through technology where technology was an exposure level to people who really understood it. And this was becoming possible for people, for average shows, for everyday people, to enjoy the luxury of having things work for them in their home instead of having to try and tinker and figure it out themselves. So I developed a passion for it. Uh, it led me to Texas to work for a larger integrator with a retail space. And I started work on what the go-to-market strategy would look like for middle market uh, plug-and-play technology because they had the retail outfit um, with a focus on just a slight touch of, you know, what's it like when the woman uh, when the woman is in charge of the technology in the home, what she, what she think, what she want. Cause again, we've seen a lot of times, you know, the game rooms, the theater rooms, the, the technology in the house has always been uh, a decision or a hobby or an interest of the man. And then the wife has to approve it. You, 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 you bring up a good point though. Is, and then that is what, what does that look like when, when we start, start marketing and start selling and start courting? the the women that are in charge of the technology that are that are in charge of not just the home but also in the office what does that look like well not to put you on the spot tim but i would say not courting women i would say empowering women to be the first decision maker right where yeah. that's our job right that's our job as the professionals as the people that know what we're doing to empower not even just the women but empower our end user our customer whoever that customer base is to make the best decision right with us as the the people guiding that process um as it relates to women first you have to just shut up <laughs> i think a lot of times what we see when we're selling in any capacity not even in this industry um and it's 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 not a behavior that i think that is sometimes intentional right a lot of salespeople, you'll hear in Sales 101, a lot of salespeople will get all of the value proposition out, right? But they won't ask any questions. And that really, that, that, that principle uh, is translated in the same way when you're selling to women and you're empowering women to make decisions, which is just ask questions. Um, ask questions. What matters to you? What is important to you? How can we help? And we'll get a little bit more into that later because I have more to say on that. But... Um, a lot of times we just run over each other and to take a step back and let a woman speak and give her thoughts towards something without rushing to judgment or answer is an effective strategy all the way around. So continue that, that conversation though from, from your, your time at, at, you know, at the retail store and, and, you know, when, when you, from, from retail into your other areas, and now you're, you know, you're, you're repping, not an easy thing to sell. Let's be frank. I mean, Surgex Sur Sur does, you know, they do power. They do, you get, you just released uh, the squid, which was, you know, kind of your, your most exciting thing in the last, last couple of years that you guys have done. But, but power is not, 
power is electrifying, but that's only because it's a good pun. Yeah. I say it. Power is not sexy, and I can say it's that not. As a woman. It's not sexy. I get it. So how? So so take me through. You know how you ended up doing there. You know selling power. Yeah. I, thank you for asking because I was either gonna wax nostalgia on Resi all day long and and maybe never get to plugs. Um, I uh, <laughs> I who would have thought? Right. I I was with the story that I tell. It's genuine passion. Um, I absolutely loved the emerging technology, and I was really in a position where I was constantly chasing what what it would become. And I I had my I had my own ideas and observations to what was going to be possible in the future, which was what was exciting about it. Yeah. Not being able to have that passion um, and a big picture vision for what it is and what it could be at several levels of integration within several marketplaces and channels and not being able to facilitate any kind of, um, to implement anything that, or any of my ideas was really difficult. And it's not to, it's not to put place blame on anybody in the residential industry. I just had a lot of pie in the sky ideas and I was chasing and I was running and I just couldn't play catch up fast enough. Um, and I was just never really in a position to see everything that I could think of trickle down into something that was real. So I, um, I went from Resi to, and I popped around the industry and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do next. And I just, again, I fell into it. Um, and how do you go from being passionate about, uh, very exciting technology to being passionate about plugs? Just be a passionate person. Um, I, I have a product, Tim, in the commercial space that works. Commercial is far easier of a place to go out as, as a regional account manager or a reason, regional manager because it's a very structured environment. So you're talking about a very passionate industry um, and a very emotional sales process to something that's very structured. Um, and within that structure, of course, Nobody's really excited about plugs. I get it. I get it. But you know what people are excited about? Things that work. SearchX makes it very, very easy. They make it very, very easy for me to do what I do. I get to go out to people and say, my product pretty much works 100% of the time. Uh, and if you don't want to make an investment in this, uh, this type of security, then you just don't understand power. So it becomes more of an educational process. And that's kind of what we're doing right now as a team in the Surge, and as the Surge X team is we're not going out and trying to press, press the topic of price or electricity or power or, or all the components that make that up. We're just trying to, it, just trying to, uh, what's the word I want to use? Advocate for people to expand their knowledge on power in general as the foundation for everything else. Because let me ask you something, Tim. What is the one thing that everything in that room has in common? Power, electricity. Yes. It all has to be plugged in. You want you want to plug that into nothing? Or you want to you want to or you want to plug it into something good? Or you want to plug it into the best power protection in the marketplace? Your choice. Okay, so you you've got, you know, really great you know track record of, of learning and and people that have taught you along the way and we'll get to that in a second but there, there's also 
challenges that you have faced, right? Um, and, you know, you and I both come from radio background. That was one hurdle, right? Just, just radio in general is a hurdle. Um, but once you, once you got into the industry, once you got into AV, what are some of the hurdles that you've had to overcome and, and how did you, how did you face those challenges? You know, there are several types of women, um, and goals that women have, um, all of them valid. So, you know, there is, uh, there is the, there's the woman that grows up with the goal of being a wonderful wife an incredible mother, um, and her goal is to have babies and take care of those babies. And I know because I was raised by one. Um, my mother was a stay-at-home mother, and you know I was very lucky as a child. I I was the kid that got off of the school bus and to a picnic laid out by my mother. Um, so I <laughs> right. Um, so I think in that, and, and she, she will always tell me because I've always, because she's seen me travel along my road, along my path as her daughter, she will always tell me, Christy, all I ever wanted to be was your mom. Right. And she did a damn good job of it. Um, and I think, you know, women that keep a household and our mothers are, we're all better for it. Um, so then there's the type, there's the hybrid, right? There's the, there's the woman that does it all and has it all. She has the career, she has the family, the kids, and to all you women that, that are watching, my God, you are superheroes. Uh, I, I truly don't know how you do it. Um, my former colleague, Julia, is an incredible example of this. You know, being able to, to be a part of this team, spending time on the road together, you know, be, I've, I've sat out on the, the, the bench of the hotel and had many a conversation with Julia. And I remember one specifically where she said, I remember this. And she just said it just flippantly. I remember when I was nine months pregnant and I was going to see these people. And I'm like, you were on the road nine months pregnant. And I can attest, fully attest to the fact that who she is as a superstar in her career is, is the same exact energy level she puts to her family. And it's phenomenal. It's absolutely show-stopping. Um, and then there's me, right? There are women that have focused entirely on their careers. Now, I wanted nothing but the chance to succeed. And I've had the ambition, the excitement, the willingness to learn, like you said, and be developed. Um, and because I haven't focused on those other categories, I have had the time, right? So when you look back at my career and there is a one pager of my list of achievements and, and accomplishments, there's not the return on investment that there should be for the level of time, energy, passion, and sacrifice I've put toward it. That is the challenge. The challenge for me is that I had all of the opportunities that I, or, or I could have had all of these opportunities and I didn't. Um, in the opportunities that I had, I wasn't given the ability to be 
and be calm. Uh, there are moments in my career where, you know, I've walked into the boardroom ready to give my input on decisions and my ideas to then take a step back and see that my ideas were being presented by the man in the room. And he is the one who got credit for those, those, uh, those ideas. Um, there are moments, there is a moment even in the position that I have now, um, I've been on the road and met with, met with a, a team, a group of people, and right in the middle of it, I got stopped and asked, I just want to know one thing, Christy, do your plugs work underwater? And I had to go back that night and, and, I, and ask myself, was he asking me that question because of the way that I look? Was he asking me that question because he's mad that I look better in a skirt? than he does? Uh, or was he just asking me that because he's just one of those guys that when all of the reps come through, he likes to play stump the rep. The fact that I have to wonder if it was because I was a woman or because he's just one, another quirky engineer, that is a challenge. You know, I've been for the last couple of months, I've been talking with a lot more of the women in our industry and every single time that we begin that conversation and let me preface by saying, these are women that I have never met before. We don't have, we have not built a relationship. We don't know one another one-on-one. -on -one. And oh, also let me preface by saying, by talking to other women in the industry recently, I also mean Corey Schaefer who uh, invited me for this opportunity to speak and to have the platform today with you. So thank you, Corey. I appreciate it very much. She's pretty awesome. She is. She is. Um, so I've been talking with a lot of women in our industry uh, for the past, over the past couple of months. And the first question that they ask me every single time is, how are you doing? Are you okay? And it gave me pause, right? Because the first time that I got asked that, I, you know, I've, I like to consider myself pretty thick-skinned and, you know, tough to the core. So when anybody asks me if I'm okay, I'm, yeah, yeah, girl, girl, I'm fine. I'm great. How are you? You know, I don't typically like to, to indulge in my problems. But really, every time that I've been asked that in the last couple of months, I have been great. I have a great job. I get to work with great people. I'm comfortable in my career and I'm supported, right? So it got me thinking because if it was one time that I got asked that, it would be it it would be it wouldn't be another uh, it would be a figment of my imagination, right? But since it was several times, I had to wonder if they were asking me how am I? Am I okay? Because typically the answer is no, I'm not. And if it's because I'm being asked from women in our industry, how are you, are you okay? It makes me wonder how many women aren't. Mm. Why yeah. would they be asking me that question multiple times if everybody was okay as women? That is the challenge. Now, I, I am okay for the first time in my career in the last two or three years because I am supported 
and I get to work with an incredible group of people. Um, men on our team that will call me in the middle of the day not to ask me for something or, you know, push something up or down the ladder or stress me out or whatever it is during a pandemic, but will call me in the middle of the day just to say, hey, just wanted to check on you and see if you were okay. I get asked that, you know? Um, so I can sit here and I don't think that this is why we're having this conversation. I am thankful to be spotlighted. I'm grateful for the opportunity to speak for other women in our industry who don't have the voice or are not yet confident or capable or scared to use their voice. Um, but I would rather, uh, instead of talking about the challenges that we know, we all know are well and alive and have existed for years, let's start pushing forward with a conversation of what we can do to change that. And it very much starts with all of us, all of the men. I, I implore you, I invite you to go out today or tomorrow or when you feel the time is right to just call one of the women on your team. Just check in and just say, how are you doing? Are you okay? And chances are she's probably going to say she's got it under control because women typically do. Um, and if she isn't a, a, a woman that feels that she's got it under control, she's probably not going to tell you uh, anything that's going on because she's probably she's probably going to be concerned and be confused as to why you're asking because we don't get asked, you know, as much as we should. Um, but if she does tell you what's going on, just listen. And then, and then after you've listened, ask her, how can I help? So let's just start there. Let's just start there. I like that. So really quickly before we let you go, what are some of the, you know, we, we can, we can talk about the bad stuff that happened all, all day long, but what are some of your successes uh, in the industry? You know, I, I am just one of the types that, and this is what I've learned too, right? I'm one of the types that I, I don't like to, talk about my successes or my accomplishments. I think that those are best spoken. Those words are best spoken from other people's mouths about you. Right. Yep, yep. And, and that's part of it, right? We're talking about mentorship and learning and growing within your career. And, you know, I hate to say it, but as a woman and my, you know, for you know, the greater part of my, my career, trying to push myself into the spotlight and, you know, work really hard to, to be seen and get all of that attention. I was very much the braggart. Uh, I was very, you asked me something that I, you asked me to tell you something that I did well, and it was the first thing off of, out of my mouth. Um, you know, I was, I was a bragger, and, you know, to be honest, I was very good at it. <laughs> get it? I do. But I, uh... I think that the, the true success that I have to, to say today in my career is that I get to work for and with some of the most exceptional, genuine, authentic people I have ever met. Um, in my role with Surgex, I get paid to fly around and be myself. Um, and I get to travel around and meet with engineers you know, that, that have said things to me like, Christy, I want my daughter to speak to you because I want her to know exactly how to handle herself one day. And like, I, I've never, that's just amazing to me. And 
you know, I get to work with people who are just phenomenal, good people. Um, and my full, my life and my career have forever been impacted by that. Uh, it is a pleasure and an honor to serve all of you as, uh, as your Surgex representative guys and gals. Um, and I also think just that it's in bad taste to talk about my successes when there are so many of our brothers and sisters in the industry right now who are going through a very difficult time. Um, mm -hmm. I just got back from a trip to visit some of some of my folks in Texas and it was just, it was really disturbing. It was troubling every single office that I went into and it's, you know, to touch on what life is now becoming like post zoom. I am walking into offices of places where my career took off with people that have supported me and looking people in the eye that I truly care about and them telling me that, that today is their last day. So they're not going to be able to go to lunch with me. Mm. And it happened in almost every office that I went into throughout the week. So this is the theme of today. Um, it's not just important right now. Um, well, it is important, especially now, but it's not just important right now to be asking women how they're doing. We should all, we are a family as much as we like to think that we're not AV is a very niche, tiny, strange little family. And we should all be doing our best right now to be compassionate and, and asking each other how we're doing and how we can help. Um, because there's going to be life outside of this pandemic for all of us. And all of the people that I have met that have helped support me and encourage me in my career, I want to be able to do the same for. And I want everybody to be able to land, land back on their feet. So uh, if any of you all need anything, I mean, preferably make it the West Coast if you're reaching out. Just kidding. If you all need anything, please feel free to reach out. I'm always available to ask how you're doing. You, you, you mentioned a couple of times that you are, you are comfortable in your career and you're being supportive. Um, one of the things that I know that just from, from knowing you and, and, and grateful to get to know you over the last couple of years is the importance of mentorship. So, so kind of take me back to, or take me forward to, to like your retirement. I've asked this several, several women in these, in this series, when you retire, what do you want to see changed? Um, what do you want to see have, have changed from now until then? And, and what hand do you want to have in it? First and foremost, and this is something going back to some of the conversations that I've had with some of the other women in the industry. And it's, again, it's a very subtle thing. I've, I'll see this comment on LinkedIn a lot. Um, it's not, uh, it's not just internally within the women, it's outward where it's, we can't afford to keep losing women mm -hmm. in the industry. So if we can't afford to keep losing women, how are we going to invest in them so they stay? Right? So that's, that's a question we need to be asking ourselves now, um, with action items quick, because I want to see women be 50% of this industry yesterday. Um, to think that uh, any male dominated industry and uh, STEM capacity means that 
women aren't interested in math and science or women are not interested in electricity. I mean, I am very passionate about electricity, right? To think that we are not either capable of or interested in having a career where we get to travel around and build relationships with incredible people, which is what this really boils down to, at least in my position in my career, is absurd. So if my boss can find me as talent and put me within his organization with all of my fantastic energy, then there are several other women like me that could be plucked from other industries or plucked young and developed early and, and brought into our world because it is an incredible world to live in, right? We get to make things look good and sound good for a living. Who doesn't want to do that? Um, so that's part of it. Um, the other part is, you know, I'm going to go back to what I was saying about my career and the track record, right? I want women to have what I didn't and I want them to have it younger and I want them to have it faster. So we might start with the capacity of how are you? How are you doing? Are you okay? How can I help? Uh, but then we need to, we need to just get to business. We need to develop mentorship programs for younger people. We need to start looking outward of our industry because our industry is getting smaller and smaller by the minute, whether you men or women, we need to, look at what it truly means to have organizations with servant leadership, um, where it's not such a rigid structure where we can't build and develop and nurture talent that we retain. Because the first thing that, everybody knows this, right? Talent doesn't leave a company. They leave a poorly managed um, environment, right? So how do we keep people? We allow them the opportunity to spread their wings and fly. We give them the tools necessary to do that. We give them enough rope not to hang themselves because trust me, I think that my boss wants to pull a cord like at least once a week, but he doesn't, but he doesn't. Um, and we have a little bit of patience with the process, um, whether it's men or women. It takes a long time to go from where I was in my 20s to where I am in my 30s, right? Uh, I was, I was not as patient. It's not as polished. Still working on that. Um, but which one, the patience or the polish? Um, both. But I had great teachers you know, along the way, and I continue to. And you know, you were asking me about mentorship because people have invested in me. I now feel whole and established. And I have built genuine confidence. And because they've invested in me to become this, I now have the energy and the ability to pay that forward to the next, the next uh, generation of people that come up. So don't look at your employees as numbers, guys and girls. Look at them as opportunities. All right, Christy, that'll be a good place just to uh, to leave it, to stop. Um, how do people get a hold of you uh, if they are so inclined? Well, you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Christy Mitchell with Surgex. Shouldn't be too hard to find. 
or uh, you can reach out to me via email at christy.mitchell at amatech.com. And, oh my God, wait, no, no, wait, Tim, wait. I have to say this or my boss will get mad. Squid is coming out. Squid is coming out. It's our new product. Uh, and it is sensational. It has won all the awards. So definitely reach out to me about that. Okay, thanks. So so do I, I, I send that bill to Rick? Is that the deal? Right, right. Okay, all right. No, not very. I know. Kidding aside, you know, uh, Christie's great. Rick is great too, but Christie's, yeah, Christie's better than Rick. All right. <laughs> no, no. Uh, thank you so much, seriously, uh, and and thank you for for watching and for listening. Uh, for us, for Aviation, go by our website, aviation.tv. That's aviation.tv. You will find all of our interviews with the incredible women uh, in the industry at that website, aviation.tv. That's aviation.tv. Mm -hmm.